This morning, I woke up with a very heavy heart, I must confess. And that's not a good thing to say in public. But I wondered to myself, could we be living in the last days? Could this be the final days that the Bible talks about? My name is David Oginde, and I would like to invite you to consider with me some of the issues that are really troubling my spirit even today. This is Sitam Church Online. Why did I wake up with this heavy heart? I've been thinking about uh, the situation that we are in as a country, as a people, indeed as a world, because some of the things that are going on around us should make any person who is concerned about life to be a bit disturbed, if not very disturbed. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy chapter number three, and I would like to just read so that I put context to why I was thinking the way I'm thinking. The Bible says in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 1, it says, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. People will be lovers of money. They'll be boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient, to their parents, ungrateful and holy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its very power. Paul advises Timothy and says, have nothing to do with them. Now, when you look at that list that is given to us by Paul as he spoke to Timothy about the last days, you can appreciate that that list looks like it's being fulfilled right before our eyes. The kinds of things that we see happening around us are such that they make you feel like Paul had looked into the future and seen our times. People have become everything that is listed here and we have left the place of God and have taken a totally different direction that is contrary to God. I'll use just one example. In just a short uh, a few days, we are going to hold a conference. Actually, the world is coming to Nairobi in a great conference called the International Conference on Population Development, also known in short as ICPD. Now, this conference is the second of its kind. The first was held in Cairo in 1994. And this is the second 25 years later. Another one is being held. What was the purpose of this particular conference? Very good indeed. The conference was initially planned to help look at the world and see how the population of the world can be managed so that we do not overwhelm the resources that God has given us 
and we manage them in the right way, which indeed is the mandate that God gave to Adam, that we should subdue the earth and control it and manage it. And he also said we should be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Now, when people looked at how the population of the world was going, uh, there was a concern that we could easily outstrip the resources that are there. And so uh, the, the UN and other people came together to see how can we manage uh, our population in such a way that we do not outstrip the resources that we have. I would personally say a noble idea. But in that very conference, things began to take a different turn. Whether it was the original intention or not, we do not know. But we know for sure that it took a different turn. And some of the issues that then came out of that conference were such that they were contrary to the very purposes for which God gave us the mandate to manage the earth. One of them was that one way of controlling population is to bring contraceptives. Not a bad idea in itself, but the other one was the whole issue of abortion, the whole issue of managing sexuality, the whole issue of how we conduct ourselves as human beings, especially in the sexual arena. Now, 25 years later, many things have developed out of that particular conference. And we are at that place now where sex has become the center stage of our lives. And you will find that everything is now revolving about this, around this thing called sex. Now, it is God who created sex. And for what purpose? He created sex for two main reasons. The first one was for companionship. Adam and Eve, the Bible says he created them, male and female, for companionship because Adam was alone and lonely. And so God created for him Eve, and Eve became his companion. And the Bible says they comforted one another. Adam was extremely happy. The sexual relationship within a marital con uh, context is one of them, it's not one of, but it's the most intimate relationship between a husband and a wife. And it is the most, has been proved scientifically that it is the most uh, fulfilling and relaxing and helping one another in any kind of situation within the marital relationship. So that was one of the purposes for which God created or uh, instituted the uh, sexual relationship. The second one was procreation. God had told Adam and Eve that they should be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. And therefore, the sexual relationship was supposed to help them to procreate and fulfill that mandate of filling the earth by bringing forth children. Now, fast track this now to where we are today, where sex has been totally transformed and it has become, uh, in fact, a right which is given, which is demanded and must be provided for every person, irrespective of whether they are married or not. In fact, we have got to that place where sex is no longer for the purpose of procreation. And so procreation is a side effect that we should take control of in every way that we can. The, we find therefore that uh, things like abortion 
have been brought into play because children and young people and even married people are not supposed to get children. And so they are to make sure that they get rid of children. And the woman, when you hear of women's rights, one of their rights is the right to control their body and the right to determine whether they want a child or not. So they can have a sexual relationship with a man and should a child result out of that, the woman has the right to choose whether that child should live or die. And the man or any other person in that woman's life has no say in it, should not have any say in it. It is the woman and his, her choice rather in determining what she wants to do with that. That is totally contrary to what God had intended in the first place for sexual relationship. The second thing we realize is that this sexual thing has been brought as a matter of pleasure. And so if you can, whichever way you can get pleasure out of a sexual relationship, you can get it. Whether that is through having sex with yourself, through masturbation, having sex with uh, a person of the same gender, homosexuality, having sex with an animal, bestiality, having sex with a prostitute, in whichever way, what matters is that you fulfill your sexual pleasure. That has brought a whole can of worms that is now driving us in a totally different direction. The very first time I read the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, I actually thought it was fiction. Because what I was reading there sounded to me like human beings can't possibly do this. I had never heard of homosexuality because I was a young person, uh, just gotten saved, reading through the Bible. And I come, through this, I come to this story of Sodom and Gomorrah and how men were having sex with men to the extent that they confronted Lot when the angels came into his house. They pushed and broke through the door seeking to have sex with the angels. I thought this was crazy. I did not know that I would live to see this thing with my own eyes. And so we are in a place where exactly what was happening in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah are, is happening right before our eyes. Men are pushing, uh, as it were, against the doors of Lot, the righteous man, so that they can have sex with one another. And it has become such that homosexuality has become the thing that determines how you get aid, how you get development, how you do things, whether you are right or not. You are, our preaching is being determined with, by whether we say the right thing or not. In our conversation, there are some countries where you cannot speak against homosexuality. You cannot talk against homosexuality. You will be sued and you'll be put in because that is not politically correct. That is why when I woke up this morning and thinking about this conference that is coming and is coming into our country and is going to be called the Nairobi Summit. And it's out of it there are declarations that are going to be made in these particular areas. And it's going to be associated with our country, associated with our nation. I felt that this is not something that we should allow to happen. And so 
I looked at the scriptures, and Paul tells Timothy that when these things begin to happen, he says, have nothing to do with such people. Have nothing to do with such people. In other words, those that are righteous, those that are, are, are living according to the word of God, cannot at the same time be tolerant of these things, cannot at the same time participate in these things. We must rise up and say no to these kinds of things. And that is obviously not politically correct, but that is what the Bible calls upon us because we are in that place where we are living in treacherous times. People are lovers on themselves. People are, are perverse in their thinking. People have gone astray and are doing things that are contrary to the creation of God. What are we to do? The psalmist asked, I think it's Psalm chapter number 11, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? I believe that the righteous is not supposed to sit there and watch in pantomime. The righteous is supposed to stand and declare the truth and bring the purposes of God to bear. Now, as I speak to you today, I do not know where you are and where you stand on these particular matters, but whichever place you stand, perhaps you are one of those people who are already involved in this. Perhaps you are actually a homosexual. Let me bring this word to you. God loves every individual, whether you are straight or gay, that does not matter. The love of God is extended to all of us. It is the practices that God does not condone. But the Bible tells us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. Some of us may have been caught up in this as a habit. Maybe you started it as a, as a plaything and now you have so caught up in it, in it. Maybe it is masturbation, all kinds of evil habits. And you're wondering to myself, so what do I do with myself? That's why Jesus went to the cross. That's why he came to deliver us from this kind of thinking, from this kind of practices, from these kinds of attitudes. And God is able to do that. And so if you find yourself either as a propagator or as a participant or as a person who is caught up in these kinds of practices, my message to you is this. God is able to deliver you out of that situation. Paul tells Timothy, get out of it. Do not be part of it. And God can help you to get out of it. But if you are a person who is living for God and is vexed by this thing, you too has a, uh, you have a part to play. You can speak to someone, you can help someone, you can do something. And I want to pray at this point that every one of us would have a place and do something about the situation that we find ourselves in. Let us pray together. If you would like me to pray with you, to get out of this situation, an addiction, a participation, just say this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today and I turn my life over to you. I pray that you help me to break out of this chain or habit, to get out of this system, 
and to take the path of righteousness to the glory and honor of your name. Forgive me my sin and make me a child of God, for I pray in Jesus' name. Father, I want to pray for every man, every woman, every boy or girl who is listening to this and is desirous of getting out of any kind of evil habit, behavior, thought, or practice. Your promise is that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. May you save them and deliver them out of this situation. We pray in Jesus' name. But Lord, I also want to pray for every one of us who is called by your name. We find ourselves sometimes looking or feeling so helpless, but we are more than conquerors. I'm praying today that you will speak to each one of us and help us, Lord, to do what it is that we should do so that we can propagate your kingdom and help your people to walk in the right path. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like us to discuss this further, please get in touch with me so that we can explore what ways in which it can be of help with you. Our contacts are right there on the screen and we'll be happy to get in touch with you. My name is David Oginde and welcome again to Sitam Church Online in our next session. God bless.